Hi, welcome to the Eastwell Rice Podcast. Um, can, you, can you please introduce yourself? Okay, so my name is Olufumi Olajide and I am a paternal engineer by uh, my profession and I am the host of the Energy Talk podcast where I talk about topics regarding the energy industry, environmental sustainability, climate change, energy access, a bunch of other topics. So just really focusing on making uh, the conversation more inter intersectional and bringing people from different parts of the world to really understand what the future of energy is going to look like and the role that we can play in this grand future that we're looking forward to okay great so what's your day in your life like at work do you what's what do you normally do in your routines what's what gets you up in the morning okay so uh so right now i am my 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 day job is as a business development engineer at an oil and gas service company and what that basically it tells me to do is to understand the technology we're using and to, and to um, communicate that with our clientele and to really uh, see how to improve business operations between the um, the people who actually go out for the few jobs and the people who are reaching out to the guests so it's just like filling that void and just find that balance so that's what i do during the day and that's that's more related to my educational background petroleum engineering but um that's that that's that's not really what what excites me if if i can put it that way so starting the podcast energy talk about six months ago is is what has really been uh a huge boost for me uh just in the terms of learning about new things and that has been a real game changer and the way i look about energy because uh a few years ago when i was in school university doing my uh, undergraduate degree when 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 the word energy comes to mind the first thing that that i associate with that word is oil and gas and i think that's what many people are right now especially especially in, in the nigerian setting and african setting but now that's that's that that mindset is beginning to change and um my my role right now with the podcast gives me the opportunity to speak with people who are like leading the changes people who are engineers ceos of uh, companies uh people who are leading ngos um policy people who are driving policy and policy analysts and just just different people interested people from all over the world and that that, that that's really what uh uh, gets me excited when I wake up in the morning. So the podcast really has been amazing. It's been doing wonderful for you. Yes, yes, it's it's been doing wonderful for me. I think just just in the six months that I've uh, been that I started the podcast, the, the people that I've met and just how much my network has grown as a result of that has just been quite um, surprising, honestly. Because my, my my intention for starting the podcast in the first place wasn't to to, uh, to to network. It was just really that I wanted to learn and understand about different things and i felt the best way to do that was to actually reach out to the people who are doing the work that i was interested in and luckily enough some of them said yes and the ones who did say yes had a good time on the show and uh, it made it easier to reach out to more and more people so referrals helped me out a lot and right now it's in a stage where we are, we are actually preparing for season two of the podcast and we have a lot more guests coming in we have more people who want to actually work directly with the energy talk and now we have a team that are moving forward with so it's it's really exciting times amazing amazing i saw a couple of your episodes on your page it was really amazing i mean the whole structure the way it's been it's been done is well thought of the layout is, is perfect and um it's really what yeah. an investment is really an amazing investment 
I always believe that um, if anybody is doing something, it's important that you give it your 100%. Sure, there may be challenges, there may be difficult moments, there may be times where you'll be wondering, how do I go on from here? But once you have that passion, you're not really chasing, you're not chasing recognition or fame, but you're not even chasing money, but you are doing it because you have passion for it. It makes the world a whole lot better and, and safer. Yes, definitely. I completely agree with that. So, the first question to ask is, um, what positive impact has the energy sector made in Nigeria? So, uh, when, when, when we're talking about energy again, I go back to what I said earlier about the first thing people have come to people's mind when it comes to energy is oil and gas. So, in Nigeria, we've been... Uh, blessed or cursed with a lot of uh, petroleum resources depending on how you want to look at it and because of that it's kind of like shaped the way the conversation has gone when talking about energy for a very long time uh so nigeria is in a position where it has lots of incentives to um to focus more on its petroleum resources and look look into ways to further develop them and to just uh, raise as much um profits from it in order to develop some other infrastructural changes that would benefit all of us or so it's supposed to be but in reality it hasn't really turned out like that a lot of other things have played factors into why we've not enjoyed the direct benefits of some of the um resources we've been blessed with especially in the energy sector but now um we we are seeing more of a push into other forms of energy especially um solar has become a very popular popular option now, especially in terms of energy access and rural electrification. That's that that is reaching out to communities that have never had access to electricity in the first place, and to give them that that first step into into modern civilization and really empowering them to come out of of whatever situation they're in and to just make make their own lives better. So. I think going forward with this conversation, when when we think of energy, we should just think of it in that context. We shouldn't think like oil and gas or solar or renewables. We should, we should think about it as trying to empower people, trying to empower communities, because that is the way, that is what energy really is. And okay. going into the political aspects of it, um, politics and policies play a very huge role into into the conversation of energy and this is something that you come to appreciate the more you actually start to learn about this like for example uh, while studying uh, my personal engineering degree we barely mentioned politics or policies but until, until I, I come i came out of university and i started learning about these things myself then i started to realize that it actually plays such a huge role and especially in nigeria and a very uh, common example of uh, policies in place in the energy sector in Nigeria is the oil and gas um, subsidies, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, as we go on with the conversation. Okay, so you may mention the fact that when you're talking about energy, you're not really focusing on solar energy or wind energy or any sort of energy, but you're talking about how um, communities can be empowered, right? Yes. Um, Maybe I should I should clarify that a bit. That is the yeah, way I see clarifies. it, and that it's, is the way that is the way um, we that are working on the Energy Talk podcast see it. Um, okay. When when you are having conversations about energy, people tend to be very very passionate about a specific part of it. Um, think of it as people supporting 
football teams. So yeah. if you're an Arsenal fan, you're, you're going to be supporting Arsenal if Arsenal is winning or losing. You True. might complain about it a lot, but you still remain faithful to your team. And uh, in the energy space, we, we, we have people who have formed like teams around a specific energy source. Like you have the oil and gas people, you have the renewable energy people that's like solar and wind, you have the nuclear people, you have the um, the hydro people. It's like you, you just have different different sections that are just like doing their own thing kind of separately but we see it as just like the, the unifying factor that all of them have is what they provide to people um yes just as a way to think about it imagine imagine not having um electricity in your homes for instance now and i'm sure that most nigerians think that oh like we still don't have like constant electricity because of like we have power outages and stuff like that but yes. imagine none at all imagine having no access to energy or electricity and that is the reality that many people live with right now so thinking about energy in a way that okay it's not just people in teams it's about empowering people and empowering communities then it really changes the way we want to start conversations and engage in it and it's 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 it gives us further incentives to want to agree more than we disagree okay okay and i enjoy the fact that you said and the energy sector is not really about maybe not everybody shares your view but for you personally i really like the fact that you are trying to get to that stage where you are empowering communities because i'm a very big fan of communities i love when communities are empowered because even in nigeria as you see um there's always that narrative surrounding the fact that okay this person is doing well this person is not doing well what can we do to address to address the situation so the situation can be addressed in one stage but there are still so many sectors that still need to be addressed so many little clusters so those are the small communities that can be taken as a case study and be empowered so i'm a very big fan of community building and as much what has even motivated me to keep working towards my goals you know for 2020 and it's really amazing the fact that you've clarified that energy is not really all about um, empowering and giving power it's about making communities better and that's a very key point so um, the next person to ask is what are the daily challenges that the energy sector faces when trying to curtail the complexities of providing homes with power uh, okay so this is a very broad question, so I'm just going to do myself here and just limit it in terms of Nigeria, for instance. Okay. But before I get into that, I, ju- I just want to say that one of the, the the largest driving factors right now of the energy industry is climate change. And unfortunately, it's something that uh, Nigerian communities and Nigeria in general are not really focusing too much on because quite frankly and quite fairly, we have a lot more pressing issues to worry about it's very difficult to convince someone who is barely making enough to feed their family in a day that they should worry about the effects of climate change and the fact that the environment is, is, is deteriorated and how it's going to have like lasting effects in 10 to 20 years even though we are feeling some of the effects now so it's very difficult to have that kind of community that kind of like dialogue in an african setting in a nigerian setting specifically so we have to think about it from a different place so it's like okay how where do we start having this conversation there's a lot of like social injustices that have like been propagated around and basically people just not having enough so the biggest challenges for nigeria right now is basically our over reliance of uh on fossil fuels and the fact that um basically we have too many people who are not very educated 
and they can be taken advantage of in very very uh unfortunate ways so i mentioned previously about the uh, the petroleum subsidies that we enjoy um the price of a liter of petrol in nigeria is about uh, 145 naira per barrel which is less than half a dollar and that yes. is that is really really cheap and yeah. it's cheap for a reason that's because the government subsidizes those prices so it can make people happy and to think that okay we are actually enjoying something but the problem is the government cannot afford to maintain those subsidies so basically we are borrowing money to subsidize petrol for ourselves and it's there's no way you look at it it's it's it's, it's not really a positive way for us to, to really um to really maintain our, our energy system and then going beyond that we have the fact that our our energy distribution and our grid in general it's 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 not very effective basically we do not produce enough energy to meet the needs of all the households and homes in nigeria so that is why many people have like electricity in their homes for like 12 hours a day or less sometimes more if you're lucky but most of the times less so we have we have uh, our distribution networks basically are not good enough some of them have become redundant and the the finances to actually like fix these things on an infrastructural level it's uh it's a long-term thing so basically once something is long term that means that politicians have less reasons to want to fix it because you don't see the immediate change then and they might be voted out of office so they rather focus on things on, and on policies that would potentially get them re-elected or get them in a better standing with the public so politics also plays a very big role and when you're talking about politics you have to start talking about uh corruption and mismanagement okay. of funds so uh, i'll just give one example of this so we won't go into like the political system of nigeria okay. uh, most of most of the oil in Nigeria comes from the Niger Niger Delta region, and if you're going to be going into the into those into those um, regions to extract oil, there's there are some environmental consequences that comes as a result. Basically, if you have somebody drilling for oil in your community, the chances are you're going to suffer from um, your soil probably getting corrupted, the fishes in the stream dying because of people pouring out contaminants. So basically, it affects the community in a very, very noticeable way. Like, if there are fishermen in that community, they can't fish as much as they used to. If there are farmers in that community, they can't farm as much as they used to because the soil doesn't doesn't grow uh, crops as they used to. So they, the all companies came to an agreement that they will give a portion of their profits to those communities so they can develop themselves to kind of like offset the uh, disadvantages they are having. But most of the time, most of the time, the all companies in their defense, they do probably, probably, I can't say for sure, give out okay. that money. But once it goes, it gets to the hands of politicians or like the, a certain local local community chairman or something like that, then the money has a way of disappearing in very unex, unexplainable ways. So it's, it's just this like this, uh, this entire supply chain of problems that it's it's going to take a lot of time to fix it's it's a very complicated problem especially and this is just talking about nigeria we're not talking about the rest of the world we're just talking about like um the major change drivers in nigeria in the energy industry so that should really make people start to appreciate how complex these problems are 
uh of course that is no excuse for not finding solutions we should sure. be trying to find solutions sure. to the problem but first we need to appreciate that okay these solutions are these these problems are complex solutions to be complex as well that's the point i'm getting at i'm not giving anybody like an out that it's okay. racist, racist responsibility no it just means that when we are finding solutions we need to find complex solutions to complex problems basically okay so can you explain what you mean by discos okay so discos those are the distribution companies um so I'm, I'm i'm not very familiar because i just moved back to nigeria so i've been trying to learn about this as well so i'll just explain to uh listeners the way i, I understand it so uh nigeria's grid used to be controlled by the government but that didn't work out so well so that is why we have like names like nepa and phc and stuff in our heads but right now the 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 sector has actually been privatized so you have distribution companies that have like monopolies over several several regions so let's say that they they have like 15 streets that they provide electricity to and that's the way it is so there's no competition between them everybody has their own sector that they're kind of like that they are, they are providing electricity to so they are just electricity distribution companies so that's they call them discos and the government is supposed to to, to regulate them um there's a regulation body i can't remember what it's called but what is the government regulation the regulation body that's supposed to oversee them but they've been they've been a lot of um news coming out of that industry uh over the last few months about them not getting paid and basically they've they've had some strikes in the past few months so it's 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 getting very very complicated and it's and the cracks in the system are just becoming a lot more noticeable because the government can't shift the blame completely to those people because they are being regulated by the government so it's basically a messy situation and honestly we would need an expert on the show to actually unpack all these problems but that that just goes again into how the complexities of the situations actually go so basically the, the summary of it is that in nigeria the utilities the electricity distribution companies they are they are owned by private individuals but they're regulated by the government and there's a lot of disagreements about um bills being paid and just and, and, and just a whole lot of things basically okay but this can be corrected in some is at least in some time to come right can there be some uh can there be something that can be done about this? Can the government be enlightened? Can the government be educated about how we can uh, provide sustainable power to people around Nigeria? Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's that's a very interesting question because that takes us into a complete um, different conversation. This is where I'd like to give a shout out to some of the um, the solar energy companies in Nigeria because I think that most of them are doing a very good job right yes, now. Yeah. So, so solar in Nigeria is basically used as a backup option. I mean, when when you have most homes that only have uh, electricity from the grid about 12 hours in a day, so there's a very huge demand for having something to cover the time when you don't have lights in your homes and you just still want to live like a, a human being in the 21st century. So, um, the, the, the popular option right now in Nigeria is petrol and diesel generators. And of course, we can ex- enjoy that luxury. And I do use the word luxury very, very strongly because of the petroleum subsidies. Because of the petroleum subsidies. 
so now it's it's, it's a matter of um solar energy companies coming in and bringing us solutions such as inverters that charge up electricity while there's light and then you can use it while there's no light and then you have solar panels that you can use in your homes to charge up the inverters and, and the batteries but the problem with that is that many households in nigeria are are priced out of that option because of the large initial cost that you would need to to pay so basically even if it will save you like money over like if if you do maybe a a five-year forecast on the using a is solar panels and batteries versus using a, like a petrol generator or a diesel generator it might save you more money like in five years but initially you would have to pay more like in a in a, in a short time timeline so that just adds to to why many homes can't afford it so that just make, makes it like only the middle class and the upper middle class in nigeria or maybe the people that are really rich and you have um a lot of private companies that are producing their own electricity because they can't rely on the grid so they've, they've developed independent systems that that produces electricity for themselves and for their own operations and unfortunately people like you and me can't afford to have our own independent grids in our backyards because that's a lot of money so in the future there's a lot of like experimental solutions but right now i think the solutions we need to rely less on on governments to to like make solutions for us and we need more people who are like forward thinking and entrepreneurial to really come up with solutions in this space because if that happens whoever solves the problem just in in central nigeria stands stands the chance to make a lot of money from solving that problem so it's it's a we we can go into some of the experimental uh, solutions but for now um it's there's no clear solution going forward and that's that's one of the reasons why nothing has changed in so many years because nobody really knows where to start basically okay so with the privatization of the electricity supply in nigeria and and has that contributed to the uh, to the encouragement of using solar panels solar solar energy in nigeria I wouldn't say it has contributed because it's still the same long-standing problem. Because you have to remember, like as I said, these 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 private um, utility electricity utility companies they are not competing with each other, so they are not like competing. I I don't think you can change where you get your electricity from yet. So um, it's still it's it's still the fact that you have an intermittent power supply and you need you you need a backup system so that need has always existed it's just that a lot more solar energy companies have started to capitalize on that need to just provide solutions that are a lot a lot better than petrol and diesel generators because uh obviously there are lots of upsides to you to having a it's a solar panels or inverter system or or batteries as backup instead of um instead of having a petrol diesel generator because of as i said before climate change which isn't a very like popular um, topic in nigeria but i think it, it should be a lot more because uh petrol generators they they are loud they're noisy they 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 have a dangerous gas that they are they emit and people have actually died maybe it's through the the films that, are, that, that come from the exhaust pipe or just uh, careless use when they are refilling the generators and it catches fire or something like that so obviously there are the dangers and risks attached to it so uh in many ways 
um, solar panels, batteries, inverters, they are a lot better than the competition, but it's just that pricing that needs to be figured out. If more people could afford it, then there wouldn't even be a competition in the space. True, true. Okay, true. I'd like to go to your work now. Um, how has your work contributed to enlightening the public on sustainable energy development in Nigeria? Oh, massive. Uh, so I guess I shouldn't say in Nigeria alone because uh, I think in about 20, 21 episodes that we had in the first season for the podcast, we had only two Nigerians on the podcast. Yes, we had just two Nigerians and three Africans in total and, and the rest were guests from different parts of the world like Peru, USA, UK and uh, so it's it's really more about like changing how we see the global narrative and really taking people out of their echo chambers and make them have the opportunity to listen to a different side it's like taking somebody that is in the renewable energy space or the solar energy space and have them listen to a conversation about somebody who is in the new nuclear energy space and that goes into nigeria as well because i've had people um nigerians in nigeria reach out to me and say that oh i, I like what you're doing because it's really giving out information that you don't otherwise learn if you're in school or if you're doing a specific degree or program so I think it's, it's it's just a matter right now of trying to make our storytelling in a way that regular people can really listen and follow along. Because it's one thing to have all the facts, it's, it's, it's another thing to actually make people want to listen to you. So I think right now, where, where I'm at with the podcast is to just try to find that balance, that, that balance that, that can allow somebody who is not in the space just wants to listen because you're telling the story in such a way that connects to them as a human being as a human being who uses electricity every day as a human being who wants the earth to be to be safe and sustainable for their children and their grandchildren and to just like find those things that connect us in it and make more people want to learn about the role that they can play and just understand their world better and i think in nigeria having that understanding is going to make solving our problems a lot, a, a lot, a, a lot um, easier. Um, so I can actually use this opportunity to give a shout out to one of the Nigerians I actually interviewed on the podcast. Um, her name is Yetine Fadi, and she's the founder of um, of Miss Africa. And so what this group does is they they start up projects that they go into rural communities in Nigeria that have never had access to, to, to electricity at all and they go in there they evaluate the communities and they set up solar home systems for them and just the initiative and drive for someone to want to do that in nigeria and uh during the interview you can you can hear the amount of work they have to they have to put in and it's an ngo so they also have to raise funds and all these things and that just makes you appreciate the fact that there are people who are actively solving problems and that for me has been the most inspiring part of this journey just finding people who are like have a lot of challenges but they are still actively trying to find solutions to it and going into communities and really empowering people because i think human energy is 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 probably the most underestimated resource that we have and the more we tap into that the better and the more prosperous our communities in general would be Okay, that's amazing. Would you like to go into consulting? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm a bit young for that. But we'll see where the future takes me. 
because you are because i believe that um with your no extensive knowledge not just in nigeria alone but with the knowledge you've gained interacting people from other countries you're already part of the team that could be working that could work in the energy sector in nigeria most probably in consulting that's a very good one because i think um i think what we need right now are not just the people who just talk for the sake of talking but people who can talk and take action and um that's exactly what you are doing in fact that is what even motivated me to even have an interview with you because my 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 goal is to connect with different brands around um, my community so i start with linkedin because linkedin is a very large community of professionals with different ideas so when i saw your page and i saw your profile i just had to connect with you and gain more knowledge from you uh, i don't want to start out now 20 without thinking the same way i did 2019 i want to expand my knowledge and um, interacting with people who can contribute meaningfully is a very good one Okay, so if you are not, if you are not, um, if you are not, if you need study engineering as a course to come to this part in your life, what would you have loved to study? Mm, that's a very, that's a very interesting question, and I just want to go back to something you said that was quite profound and kind of like answer this question in the process about um, not just talking about problems and actually being part of the solution. And yes. throughout my conversations. I, I mentioned the fact that I found them very, very challenging because once you once you speak to people long enough for actually doing things, you find it almost unfair, like to the world and to the community in general, for you to not to want to do things as well to actually help sure. solve the problems. Sure. So, uh, what would I have studied if if I didn't study engineering? Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, my first choice for a degree was probably something in. Uh, in IT, like um, just something with computers, and the truth is, honestly, I'm I'm not really sure. I think I've always been um, unsure about a lot of things. I just kind of like go where I am at at the time and just try to do my best at it. Probably a degree in business would have like suited me a lot better. I think I'd have performed a lot better in school if I did something business related or something that that actually related more to the world and the abstract field of engineering at, at least that is the way i saw it so i think even if whatever i studied i think i would wind up in the exact same place i think i'll still have that passion to want to speak to people that passion to want to find out okay what is the most pressing uh, problem that i can inject myself in and how can i play a role into finding solutions where where do i fit in in this big world and out of all the problems um, where can my impact be felt the most? So I think the underlying drive for me has, has always been the same, regardless of whatever I'm doing and whatever I feel I find myself in. So even though it might be different, I have a feeling that I'll always wind up doing the exact same thing, uh, which is what I'm doing now. And I hope in the future that as I continue to uh, to get better, not just as a podcaster, not just my career, but also as a person to to put myself in a position where I, I am able to not just talk about challenges and problems that are facing the world but yes. to also be able to be an active participant in finding a solution because i think that is what we need more of right now as you rightfully said many people who are willing to talk the talk and walk the walk and if we have more people then solutions will come much much quicker that's true that's true do you have any upcoming projects 
Oh, yes, do. So, um, we are starting season two uh, later this month, and we're just really going to go hard and just try to partner with a lot more organizations. There, there, there are a few that we're working towards right now. And now that it's not just me, I actually have a team of people who are just as passionate as I am about energy. So we have a lot more drive to to get into solutions. So I can't I, I can't exactly say too much right now because nothing has been has no, no been problem. confirmed. Yeah. But just to have us as a platform where people feel comfortable learning and talking about energy to really in, inject ourselves into the community, into the energy community. So, and the, and the energy community is vast, as I said before, we have people in the oil and gas space, people in nuclear and renewable energy, people who are in government and policies, people who are climate activists. So just to put ourselves up as a platform that wants to get people's yeah. stories, that wants to celebrate people who are, who are working towards solutions and to just celebrate what is going right when it is going right and standing up for the people who cannot speak for the problems going wrong in their lives so just have ourselves as a platform and take up that responsibility it's, it's going to be a lot of work as you can expect but it's something that i am genuinely passionate about and honestly this is what excites me in the morning and wants to make me wake up early and go to bed late and get up again the next day to do the same thing so uh i'm really excited for what this year has in store for the energy talk and me personally and i can't wait to start going mm, amazing amazing Ah, but me, I really enjoyed your time today. It's been amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. It's been nice talking to you as well. <laughs> I'll I'll link the I'll link your podcast um page to the um when I upload it after the editing, I'll link it to the um to the part to the page when I'm to um give people an idea of the work that you do and how you have contributed meaningfully to um, providing knowledge for us because um, knowledge is a very good thing. It's important that we grab it on in time and use it positively for um, for a better development and making make make our world a whole lot better. Yes, definitely. definitely. Thank you so much, Charles. I really Bumi, appreciate thank you so much. No problem. You. It's been nice having you on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Have a nice day. And you too, Charles. All right. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye.